If you're a more energetically sensitive creative leader or entrepreneur who's ready to transform your sensitivities into your superpowers so that you can spend more time in the flow and less time in the internal struggle, then you've come to the right place. The Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Long Stokes, blends business and spiritual principles to help creatives, leaders, and entrepreneurs identify common energetic roadblocks and how to overcome them to live a more purpose-driven and energetically aligned life. Okay, hello everybody and welcome back to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Anna Long Stokes. I am going to apologize in advance if you hear some clanking in the background. We have some aggressive squirrels who have decided to start throwing pine cones off of the tree outside my office onto the deck. At first I thought it was like my husband upstairs doing construction and maybe accidentally knocking something down, but there's definitely a squirrel family. There's a whole story to the squirrel family. (laughs) They're pretty angry with us. Yeah, it's a whole story. (laughs) But for now, sorry about the clanking in the background. But today, I'm really excited. I've been having so much fun these last few episodes. Um, You know, this month, I've done a little bit more highlighting uh, clairvoyance and what clairvoyance is and isn't and how you can fuse this into your life. Um. And the reason I'm doing this is not only because I'm hosting my annual year-long clairvoyant training that kicks off in October. That's not the only reason. Um, I'm, I'm recording these episodes because I'm a clairvoyant reader and I have people out there who they come to me for sessions and, you know, it's usually a referral of a, of a client and they don't know what they're in for. They don't know what it is or isn't. So these podcasts I I think they not only apply to the clients who come to me and have questions and I can say, hey, before your session, like check this out. I want you to be aware of what this is or isn't. But I also think it's just something that your, you know, the general listening audience here might find interesting, might kind of check some of your assumptions and expand your awareness and knowledge about this particular skill set. I know that before I started my clairvoyant training, I had a lot of assumptions um, and they were just inaccurate. (laughs) So now that I've gone super far down this rabbit hole in this lifetime, in this career, I figure it's now not only my time to teach the work, also my time to share information and sort of demystify what many people see as mystical. Um, Yeah. So so in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the six myths about clairvoyance. And I'm going to talk about what they really are. I'm going to demystify these a little bit. So let's kick this off with the first, the first myth about clairvoyance, I would say, is that you are born with it. You are born clairvoyant, and it is not something you can develop. This isn't true. While everybody has the ability to hone their clairvoyance, Not everybody is born with super strong clairvoyant abilities. In fact, what I have found is that it's quite rare 
And maybe that's where people are like, oh, it's so mystical because the people they meet who were who were born with them, um, you're like, oh, you're you're a rarity. And it's true. Yeah, they're they're pretty rare. And it's likely that for whatever reason, they worked that ability a lot in another lifetime. And they chose to bring that ability into this lifetime with them so that they could uh quickly use that skill. But a lot of people who are born clairvoyant do, you hear this from a lot of people, they shut that down at a quite a young age because it's very scary. Um, for those of you who've seen the sixth sense, like, oh, I get scared watching the sixth sense. I'm like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see dead people under my bed. That's a freaking nightmare. Like, I don't care how many energy tools I have. That is not something I want to see. And so a lot of kids shut it down. And maybe you're one of those people going, I have a vague recollection of seeing things I didn't want to see and shutting it down. I think it also happens that our trauma response kicks in when we see things that scare us at a young age and we just block it out. So not only are you then having to clear energy around the entire world, pretty much not validating this as something that's real. You have to then clear energy around your own fear. And that's coming up with everyone who, I think everyone almost so far, who signed up for this clairvoyant training. You know, we meet and do a call and chat about it. And they've all said or emailed afterwards saying, you know, I'm kind of scared like of what I'm going to see. So uh, the reality is you're going to see what you're ready to see, and you're going to see what your client's ready to see. Typically, nothing more, nothing less. That's the way we set the energy of the reading space as a very safe space for the reader and the reading. So myth number one, you're born this way. It's not something you can develop. That's not true. You may be born with some of these abilities, but you may likely, you will likely need to hone them in this lifetime if you plan on using them and really trusting them. Okay, myth number two, you'll see dead people. Yep, you're just going to see dead people all the time. You can't turn it off. They're everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. That's a myth. <laughs> um, I don't see dead people. Uh, occasionally, I'll see shadows. Occasionally when I'm in that space in between, in between my body, out of my body, the astral sleeping, that's when I'll experience beings, but I don't really see them. I, it's something I feel usually when I'm out of my body and I have to kind of hurry and get back into my body and work my tools and move those beings out. Although that's happening less and less, the more capable of a clairvoyant and an energy worker and a being, a spirit myself, I am becoming, I don't get haggled by as many pestering energies. And most people, when you are in trance um, and you choose to look for a being or one shows up in the reading space, a lot of the readers I work with have just a knowingness. You're like, oh, an energy just entered. And instead of shutting down and getting scared, you get to go, oh, well, let's check in with this energy and let's see what this energy wants. And is this energy serving this person? And how can we work with it? How do we clear it if we need to? It's actually not that scary. I know last year I did kind of a scary Halloween episode. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that this year. 
But if you didn't listen to it, you can go back and get scared. Listen to it with some of my experiences with beings. But if you listen to that, you'll see that most of them weren't, didn't have anything to do with seeing beings. Um, I often at this point have been doing so much work in my sixth chakra and my seventh chakra that I experience these beings or these energies with my eyes open, where I will have an awareness of where they are, but not really see them. And I don't know if this is specific to me. I think it's sort of an agreement I have with a part of myself that's still not okay seeing beings. Now, when I'm in my transmedium healing space and I'm learning to work with beings and channel them, I still typically just see them as colors and energies. And I just determine um, telepathically and energetically if it's a being I'm going to work with. Now, some people really, you know, they do see um, beings out in everyday world, but um, I don't know many of those people. And I think it would be really hard to have that. I don't know if you want to call it a ability or, or what you want to call it when you're seeing energy that clearly, but most bodies are not set up at the vibration to have that happen because most people would go insane if they were seeing energies at that level. And that's sort of, you know, I'm not making like a a blanket statement here, but when I'm in Portland, Oregon and I'm driving around and I'm seeing the schizophrenic person or drug addict on the side of the street, talking to someone, talking to them, like as if it was a real person. Look, you know, just everything about it is so animated and real and the conversation being had. And I'm going, like, have they just gone so far off into the drug spectrum that their brain or whatever allows them to see at that level? Or are they just, excuse my language, literally like insane, you know, uh, very, very unstable and off their meds. And I'm not sure where the differentiation is. You know, that's something I haven't explored a lot in this lifetime, even though I do come from a mental health background. I haven't done a lot of integration between the mental health world and the clairvoyant world because you get into a whole, I don't know, maybe that's something I'll explore in my 50s. I don't know. I don't know when I'll get there or if I will. But um, yeah, so myth number two, you're not, you know, you're not just going to see dead people the minute you become clairvoyant. Okay. Myth number three, you know, it makes you a mystic, this all-knowing, all-aware being. That's just not true. You know, I have friends or acquaintances that are clairvoyant who are really awesome clairvoyants and they're, you know, still working out all of the iterations of who they are, what they came here to do, and they're just as confused as anyone else. You know, we're, we're all humans here. We're all spirits having a human experience. And um, none of us are immune to life's challenges, the confusion. I will say I have a lot more clarity in my life now that I do this work, but that by no means means that I feel as though I have all my answers and that I know everything. I think the more I do this work, the more I realize there's so much more to explore and there's so much I don't know. So being clairvoyant doesn't mean you have all the answers. It doesn't mean you have all the answers for yourself and it doesn't mean you have all the answers for others. And it's becoming more and more clear to me the longer I do this work that we aren't meant to have all the answers, especially not 
in one moment. I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast when I was working on the psychic hotline and this woman gets on and tells me that she wants to know, uh, she, you know, and she wants me to do this in like five minutes. Cause I charge like $4 a minute. <laughs> she wants to get this. She wants to get this done nice and fast. So she doesn't have a fat psychic bill on her credit card. Nobody wants a fat psychic bill from a psychic hotline on their credit card. <laughs> so she wants, you know, in five minutes to know who her husband is, what he looks like, what city he's in, how tall he is, how old he is. And for the sake of just playing with what information was available, instead of hitting resistance around helping her uncover that information, I just read the energy and I was surprised at what I was allowed to see. My guess is this person that I saw was coming in pretty soon. So it was pretty easy to tell what part of the country he was in, generally how tall he was, generally how old he was. Um, But it was funny because when I told her how old he was, she said, no, that's not right because he needs to be in his 20s, 33s, too old or whatever I told her. Uh, So it's funny when this guy, you know, just side note, she meets him at a bar or something or online and they go out and she decides that her soulmate is just a little bit too old. She had decided beforehand he needs to be in his 20s. So it's funny, us humans trying to control everything. That's a total side note. But um, yeah, so sometimes you can see a lot and sometimes sometimes you can't see a lot because sometimes the spirit's like, that person doesn't need to know that right now. That's actually not applicable. There's actually all these other steps. So I'm going to get that. I'm going to get more to that soon. But mostly we're looking at the energy now and the next steps now because not not everything are we supposed to know now. But if I if I did, I would be very, very wealthy and powerful. But that's not the way it works. That's not the way clairvoyance works. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick break here, grab some water, and I'll be right back. Are you a creative leader or entrepreneur looking to enhance your life and business by learning the subtle yet powerful skill of clairvoyance? In October, I'm launching my annual year-long clairvoyant training, where we will deep dive into the practical skills and tools involved in the art of reading energy. We will clear any energy that's currently blocking your clairvoyant abilities, so that whether you see yourself as a very intuitive person or you struggle to connect with your own answers, you will become the oracle of your own life. Over the course of 12 months, you will learn all the ins and outs of becoming a neutral energy reader. So whether you decide to fuse these new abilities with your current set of skills, or become a professional reader, or simply explore how this powerful skill can shift your life, I promise you one thing, you are in for a new level of clarity and personal exploration. Topics and skills include learning how to read past lives, learning how to heal karma, learning how to give a full seven layer aura reading so that people can see where they're at and take their next steps. You'll learn how to access the Akashic records and meet your Akashic guide. You will learn to clear energy from your genetics and your DNA 
and you will become senior to beings, learning how to do things like clear unwanted energy from physical spaces, online spaces, and any energy spaces of the things that you are creating in life, whether that be a business or a hobby. We are going to dive deep and we are going to learn how to see and I am going to hold the space for you. Classes will happen once a week with practice labs once a week as well. If you're curious, but you're not sure if you're a fit, I encourage you to apply anyway. Program kicks off in October and I'll be doing complimentary 30 minute calls between now and then if you're interested and you want to look at what's in store for you if you take this next step. All right, see you soon. Okay, I am back and we are looking at the six myths about clairvoyance. The first one was that you're born this way. It's uh, not something you can develop. The second one is that you're just going to automatically see dead people. The third one is that it makes you all-knowing and all-aware. You got all your shit figured out. Okay, so the for- the fourth one, um, the, this is one, you know, I don't have to handle this too much, but maybe I'm just not famous yet, but maybe I just don't attract a lot of these people, but a lot of people who are going to assume that if you're doing clairvoyance, it has something to do with um, like you're a devil worshiper or you're a witch. And those things are those things are all different things. Um, devil worshipers worship the devil, and that's a, a area I have no interest in exploring whatsoever. But yeah, some people they pray to Satan. It's their religion, essentially. It's not even like they're atheists. They believe in God, but they believe. Satan is the way to go in this lifetime. They're syncing up with dark grid energy. And that's like, I've probably done that in some lifetimes. And then I'm like paying the price now in this lifetime is kind of what's been read in a couple of my past lives. So it's an energy I'm very, very not interested in exploring and going down that road. Uh, Same with like witchy stuff. Like when I tell people I'm a clairvoyant, they're like, oh yeah, like you're like a witch. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not a witch. I don't know much about being a witch. I'm sure I've been a witch in other lifetimes. I know that I love nature and the elements, but actually I don't really love working with clients who identify as super witchy. A lot of them are working with some weird energies that I, I think that they aren't fully aware of. Um, and especially the karma related to like casting spells and trying to control things it's not an energy that's attractive to me. So I don't tend to get a lot of clients who are uh, quote unquote witchy. And clairvoyance, you could be a clairvoyant witch, absolutely. Um, But clairvoyance has nothing to do with being a witch or being a devil worshiper. In fact, the clairvoyant lineage that I come from is all about working with a supreme being, um, God, whatever you want to call it, the higher um, higher universal energies. It's really about working from a place of um, pure love. And so, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with astrology, witchery, and devil worshiping. It's just not related. It's actually a skill. So you could have a clairvoyant who 
is the devil worshiper. You could have a clairvoyant who um, doesn't believe in God, like whatever, you know, I'd be a little surprised, but clairvoyance is really just a skill. So I just want to demystify it because I feel like sometimes people bring their baggage and project it onto clairvoyance when they meet them. And it's fine. It's kind of just like, I'll take a moment to educate people, but I don't know what you do, like whatever your profession is, but I think it would, it probably is annoying if like, I don't know, like you're an accountant. And so people assume you're an a, law- a lawyer or you're a lawyer. So people assume you're good at numbers. Like, I don't know. There's just something where like, if you try to bunch interests upon a skill or a profession, it just gets a little sticky. So that just seemed like a myth I wanted to cover if nothing else. So I don't have to have that discussion all the time. (laughs) Okay, myth number five. Myth number five is that, uh, and this is sort of an energy I've been working on not attracting in my private practice, which is people assuming that if they go to a clairvoyant, the clairvoyant is going to give them their answers. And what goes along with that is the stickiness of people putting so much faith in their clairvoyant that they let it, they kind of give up their free will or they quit listening to their own intuition. And this is why like right now I'm kind of deep into a transformational hypnosis program to become a facilitator of transformational hypnosis because I really want to get away from having people assume that the only access to their answers is through uh, me or a clairvoyant, you know, it's just, it's not the case. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to a clairvoyant or you shouldn't book a session with me, but that's not what clairvoyants typically do is give people answers. Now society tries to program them to believe that if you go work on a psychic hotline, you're going to, you know, get a ton of clients who are like, give me this answer. Give me this answer. Why is he with that girl? Um, why isn't he with me? Um, they want an answer. And so when you're a, a ethical clairvoyant, I think and you're working, I don't know, you're working in an aligned fashion, a non-karmic creating fashion that you will say, great, I can take a look at the energy of that. I can take a look at the energy of that. And you're not giving them the answers. You're going to say, you know what I see is this energy. And then I am at the point in my clairvoyant work where it's not just about what I see. I like to open it up and go, how does that feel to you? Like, how does that sit with you? How does that resonate? I like the clairvoyant reading to be more interactive um, so that clients can tap into how things do feel for them. It's not just some, you know, Buddha on a hill in meditation and trance sitting there giving them their answers. Like that's not that's not what I do. That's not what most clairvoyants do. And that's not why you should be booking a clairvoyant reading. Um, you know, to me, it's like you go to a doctor and you look for a diagnosis and you're like, this is what's going on with me. They're going to help you see what's going on in their body, but they're not necessarily going to have the answers. Like, I mean, you, you wish a doctor had answers for you, but let's be real. Like a lot of doctors are there to help you explore options and what, what works for one person might not work for another person. And so it's similar with 
you know, clairvoyance. Like we're really there to read the energy. And I do always like to look at next steps for people, but that's still not an answer. It's like, oh, I see you taking the time to do this. I see you that. And it just kind of helps light up in them whatever they're excited about. Um, And it kind of gives them a picture, an image to work with, almost like an inspirational movie because, you know, most clairvoyant readings, they're very visual. You're giving people these snippets where they can take them and use them as reminders throughout their day, throughout their life for encouragement and to help them feel aligned with themselves, their higher selves and their purpose. Okay. The sixth and final myth, although I'm sure there's more, but this is all I'm covering is that clairvoyants are um, looking into the future. Um, I think I definitely thought this when I signed up for the clairvoyant training. And there are some people who have this ability where they have precognition. And I think my precognition has gotten a lot stronger since I've been doing this work where I'll just be like, oh my God, like I know something's going to happen. And I, I've had that, you know, since when I was younger too, like I remember knowing when I was going to get pulled over. I was in a car with friends and we were going to get pulled over. I always had this knowingness or like when I got mugged at gunpoint in Chicago, right before it happened, I knew it was going to happen. Unfortunately, it wasn't with enough time to do anything about it. Or if you've read my book, when I was traveling through Italy with my husband and we were supposed to go to Spain and stay in Barcelona, right on La Rambla, And I just couldn't explain it, but I just kept on being like, I can't go, I can't go. And I didn't know why, and I didn't see it. But there was a huge terrorist attack right there. We would have been there. I mean, who knows what would have happened, and it would have really shaped my life in probably a really traumatic way that I wasn't ready for. If I was ready for it, I would have been there. If that was my path, I would have been there. But that was a time where my spirit was like overriding the control freak part of me that's like, I must go to Spain. I booked my ticket. I don't want to lose the money. And my spirit was like, yeah, like, please don't go. And I didn't. And I listened to it. And I'm happy I listened to it that day. So that is like precognition. A lot of psychics do have that. And a lot of non-psychics have it. I'm sure you're listening and you're like, oh my God, that happens to me all the time. Like, great. You have strong precognition. That's not really the same as clairvoyance. So with clairvoyance, you're tapping into trance, touching base with the higher self or spirit, whatever you want to call it, if the person you're reading, and you're asking to see imagery. And you can do all types of things with that. You can look at the themes, you know, you can go aura by aura by aura layer and just kind of look at how these different layers, like, um, you know, the first layer of your aura houses energy and pictures related to like safety, security, well-being. And so when you're giving a reading, you can take a look at what's showing up in that layer and then say hello, give them a, a huge hello about maybe something they've been operating in, an energy they've been operating in. And then you can work with them on releasing that. And so it's, it's also a healing. So you're helping them witness the energy. You're giving them an objective view of something that's subjective to them. It's really hard for us to see what we're in. And when someone books a clairvoyant reading, you're able to say, hey, I as the objective observer see this in you. And they're able to say, usually, oh my gosh, yeah, like that really resonates. Like, I've had this feeling, but I haven't been able to put my finger on it. Like, oh, that helps to see it like that. 
And then they can work on moving through that and taking their next steps. So very rarely is a clairvoyant reading about the future. Now there are times I can usually see, you know, three to six months into advance where someone's asking me about a job change or a partner. There are times where that the change is close enough that I'm just kind of seeing it on this timeline. And maybe I'm limiting myself. Maybe I could see a lot more into the future, but personally, I'm not aligned with giving people their future. I'm aligned with giving them, hey, here's the energy you're in right now, and here's what your spirit's showing me your next steps are. To me, that's what feels aligned. There might be very great clairvoyants who feel really aligned giving someone like a a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year perspective of what it might be, but I don't know. I think it's a little silly because I think we're spirits. We all have free will. And my understanding of the spirit world is that when we come here, you know, there is a primary path we're shooting for, but there's also auxiliary channels that we could be going down. And so who am I to say exactly what channel that person's going to take? Like, I don't want to influence their free will. I want them to tap into their own intuition, make their own decisions yeah, that's what feels right for me. That's what feels aligned for me. Okay, so that is all for the podcast today. I hope you found it interesting. And I also hope that if um, you're interested in honing these abilities yourself, I hope that you reach out to me and that you apply for CE Oracle. It's a year-long clairvoyant training, and it's going to be very, very exploratory and dare I say magical, but we're going to be doing all types of things in the clairvoyant space in a very grounded and safe manner. So if you've been listening to some of these recent episodes and knowing that you're ready to explore that, but maybe you have some insecurities about, I don't know, whether you're clairvoyant enough, or maybe you're like, hey, I really want to learn this for personal development, but not be a professional, that's totally fine. There's people signing up for it who want to be a professional reader or think they do right now. And there's other people who just want to go through the experience because really at the end of the day, the clairvoyant training is all about you gaining a greater trust and access to your own answers and to your higher self and beginning to remove energies out of your space lifetimes of energies that you're ready to release that are holding you back in some way or else you wouldn't be signing up for the program. And not everyone's ready to take that step. <laughs> most most people on this planet absolutely aren't, although I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Most people aren't ready for that. But if if there's something in your heart or your head or your gut that's like, ah, I'm ready, then I encourage you to reach out I will not be running this again for another year. So yeah, doors close October. Actually, doors close October 1st. Program starts October 8th. You can find all the information on my website at www.empathicenergymethod.com. And you can also reach out to me at hi at Anna Long Stokes and get the link to set up your call. Okay, everyone. See you soon. Keep creating. Thanks for listening to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Long Stokes. 
For more information on these and many more topics or to contact me for a consultation, please visit our new website at www.empathicenergymethod.com or check out the show notes for direct links. And hey, if you like this podcast, please remember to take a moment to leave a star rating, a review, or just to share it with a friend. Okay, until next time, keep creating. Thank you.